Oh, hey there. <laughs> Hello. There we are. Sorry, we had some technical difficulties there. Hey, everybody. Hi. How are we doing today? It's a great day. It is a great day. Shasta and I are here running the office without the moms here this week. They are on vacation, so we're having a great week. Um, we are super excited to bring our guest for this week on board, Sean Armour with BDC Alchemist. I hope I said that right. That BDC Alchemy. He is Alchemist. the Alchemist. There we go. He is the Alchemist. Um, is with us today, and we are so excited to have him on. So without further ado, I'll go ahead and bring him on board. Um, and there he is. Hey, Sean. Hello, hello, hello. Oh, we are so excited to have you on. Yes, we are. Oh, this is going to be Thank such you. a great episode. Chicks Sean? in charge. You guys are in charge today. <laughs> I don't know about that. That's dangerous. That is dangerous. That is dangerous. Let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. Why not? Uh, how, how are you? <sighs> Scurrying underfoot. Uh, lots going on. Um, how am I? Uh, as a person, I'm doing great. As a father, things are going great. Uh, as a son, my mom's doing well. And I'm here with you guys looking to learn and to share. So how am I? I'm, I'm great. Nothing Good. to complain about. Nothing to complain about. I love Yay. that. We are so excited that you're here with us today, Sean. I cannot tell you how long we've been talking about needing to get you on the show. So this is super big for us. And we're so, so thankful for you to yes. take time out of your day to be here with us. So um, if you don't mind, give everybody a little bit of um, some history about you. Who are you? Where did you come from? And what are you doing to help the industry? Big question. <laughs> um, so for those that don't know me, Sean Armour, I'm here in Montreal, Canada, uh, going on 22 years in the business this year. Uh, it's been a long time. It's been a while. Wow. Um, so uh, I was under the rooftop for about 17 years, worked for Canada's largest dealer groups. Uh, I won't say any names. I just like to be private a little bit, but um, you could look me up on LinkedIn. It's all there. Uh, so worked for uh, some of Canada's largest dealer groups, building BDCs. However, got into the business in 2002. Uh, like most people, it was a bit of an accident. Uh, it was supposed to be for three months, 22 <laughs> years later, here I am. <laughs> yep. uh, kind of funny, actually. I graduated in fashion marketing. And uh, when I couldn't find work uh, in my field, uh, Joshua Taylor asked if we're recording. Yes. Yes, we are recording. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, I couldn't find work in my field. So my little brother at the time was working for one of the oldest dealer groups in all of Canada, Spinelli Group. And um, I said, hey, listen, Matt, is there anything? Are they looking for anyone? And he said, uh, listen, you know, they're looking for, for washers. And I said, so it's not who I am. It's my circumstance. Exactly. And uh, I won't get too sad. Like, we, we won't change the narrative too much. But I don't really necessarily come from opulence. Uh, single mother of three, um, raising three big boys um, on a daycare lady's salary, a lunch lady's salary. So uh, that just pretty much gives you a little history um, of the work ethic and whatnot. She had three jobs. So I just came up looking wow. and seeing what, what work ethic was. So, um, but I am a very competitive person. And I said, yep, it's only a car washer job. But I'll tell you one thing right now. I am going to be the, des the best damn washer they have ever seen. And I am absolutely obsessed with process, obsessed with... Anyway, we'll get into that later. But it literally comes down to even washing a car. There is a way to wash a car. Yes, right? um, so, but it was very important for me to, or, or for me to understand. And I learned quickly that, you know, somebody's... Because it was a Toyota store. I was there for 11 years. I came up through the fixed stops. And it was very important for me to understand at that point uh, that somebody's uh, Corolla is somebody else's Ferrari. Yep. Right? So with, when you couple that with work ethic and you couple that with just get shit done uh, mm -hmm. kind of thing, 
Um, I guess it, it didn't go, my work ethic didn't go unnoticed. I slowly in my ascent uh, went from car washer to porter, from porter to shuttle driver, from shuttle driver to appointments clerk, from appointments clerk to advisor, from an advisor uh to book appointments customer i did uh well it wasn't bdc at the time because i think uh i started this way way before you guys <laughs> there was no crms and stuff back then so anyway so I, I did pretty much everything you could do and uh in my ascent i built i believe it's six bdcs for canada's largest deal groups before uh this thing happened called covid yep. and uh while everybody was off to the left uh arguing and fighting over toilet paper um, I decided to start my own company called BDC Alchemy Inc. So, so you, that, go ahead. I was going to say, so BDC Alchemy didn't even exist before COVID, like as a company, like you were doing it, but not as Correct. an entity before COVID. Correct. Wow. And you know what? And this is my real big message. And I, and I hope, shout out to Peter Smith, shout out to Stephen Chesson and, and everybody watching. Thank you guys. Keep it coming. Um, this is one of the main messages that I wanted to have today to anybody, pr predominantly BDC practitioners like you guys and, and anybody that's even a car washer right now or a porter. Um, where you are is the opportunity. Mm -hmm. What you're currently doing is the opportunity. So stop waiting for some kind of silver bullet or some kind of a, a miracle position or, oh, when I get the team leader or when I get management uh, uh, roles, you know, that's where I'm going to really have an impact. You can have an absolute impact from where you are. Absolutely. Right. So you don't need the title of a leader to be one. Mm -hmm. I, and that's just been ingrained in, in, in my DNA. So, you know, I never sometimes you don't know what it's going to be. And what happened to me is that when BDC Alchemy launched, when I launched it, I had 20 at this time was 17 18 like 17 or 18 years already in my mind so it was just about putting it all together based on a, a, a spectrum of elements um regarding like you know uh, effective leadership uh, emotional intelligence mm -hmm. uh, how to effectively <laughs> communicate etc etc et so bdc alchemy was was birthed during covid but i really fundamentally believe that it's something since i started washing cars that's been just slowly uh, organically happening in the back of my mind. That's awesome. It it opens up a, a big question for me, um, knowing how, I mean, we also started this huge venture that we have here, you know, our outsource BDC during COVID too, and knowing the impact it had on us, um, how did starting BDC Alchemy change, or I guess it, it didn't change because you started it, but what was the impact that COVID had on you with building BDCs during COVID? Was it, was it a lot more difficult to build a BDC when everybody was under that, that umbrella of panic and, you know, not wanting to gather and not wanting to travel? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. So, so we're, we're, for me to effectively answer that, we're going to have to back up just a little bit. So for years and years and years and years, um, you know, the, the BDC or the car industry, and, and this is for everybody watching parts and service and fixed stops and sales and F and I like the car industry uh, was kind of, you know, just a place you kind of went to and it, it had no real, how can I say this? It had no real definition. You know, it just, people had a negative stigma towards the car industry, you know, mm -hmm. like, hey, I'm going to get screwed over. They're going to, did I really get the best price? I went yeah. in for service. Did they really do what I said? So for a very long time, unfortunately it was governed uh, by, by cognitive dissonance, uh, by, 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 you know, I guess if 
if I could say it this way, by the top, um, I'm not sure I could say it this way. And I'm not harping on anybody. Uh, but for a very long time, you know, it was kind of governed in this kind of draconian um, 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 style. However, what I feel that with um, COVID, what happened is it kind of equaled the playing field. And for the first time ever in history, if you really think about it, for the first time ever in history, during a global pandemic, um, we were deemed an essential service. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, at least at the service, the service part, right? right? The sales was still kind of up and down, but service was deemed an essential service, an essential service. So what was open, really? We had hospitals, mm -hmm. shopping, uh, not shopping malls, but food markets, however you guys call them, right? Uh, and, and the broad essentials. So I can remember those first three weeks when I was driving around, when we had a complete shutdown here, uh, you were only allowed to go out for certain times. But when I would go out, being in the car industry, I was driving around and we were just seeing cars off on the side of the road, flat tires. And, yep. and I was like, oh my God. So eventually when our government said, listen, service departments will open up under strict conditions, but what a responsibility we now have towards our communities. Yeah, absolutely. What a responsibility we now have to show up and, and to put our best foot forward mm -hmm. and, and, and to change that negative stigma and to change that image that, that everybody has of us. Yeah. And to get it, get it right. And, and to be courteous and sympathetic. Absolutely. You know, correct. And remember that, I mean, that was also not to even enter this realm, but that was a very political time where say. everybody was divided one way or another, but to remember that and not to join one side of the fence or the other. Um, and, you know, to, to Stay cause united. that divide even further because, you know, whether you had one feeling or another, you could not show that as the dealership. Correct. And, and and it's so interesting that you're saying that because, like, forget about just our industry, as a human species. Right. I mean, this this was a global phenomenon. Mm -hmm. It wasn't just reserved for Canada or the U.S. Yeah. This is a global phenomenon. So what, and I hope, and it, anywhere, where I live anyway, it didn't really seem to hit home because people had a natural tendency just to go back to, to what they used to do. But if, if you really look at it at the 30,000 footer, you know, we, we live in a, in a distracted reality. You know, there's all this stuff that's coming at us with, with social media and, and, and Amazon and fast, fast, fast. And everything's push, push, push. And we'll get into this later. The whole AI thing, like everything is just go fast, go faster, go faster, mm -hmm. process faster. And at the precipice, what, what I find interesting in the body of work that I do with regards to building BDCs, with regards to, like you said, empathy and, 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 and creating careers, um, is that we were fundamentally built to be in packs, to hunt in packs. And, yep. and and this is the very essence of, of homo sapien. Like, you know how they say it takes a village to raise a child. Mm -hmm. So now my thought process becomes like, well, we live in an independent reality where I was, our greatest accomplishments require interdependence. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I immediately thought about, you know, um, how can I incorporate that into BDC Alchemy? Like, what am I really going to do with this company? I didn't want to be a Me Too company. It's right. very simple. I'm, in, I, you know, I'm in competition with no one. Right. I will talk to everyone. Like, look, I'm not here with you guys. How many calls have we been on, Shasta? Oh yeah. You know, how many times have I sat down with Robin? Like, and we both do BDC, and a lot of people are like, what? You talk to Robin? Hell yeah. Why not? Yeah. Right. So, um, by not being in competition with no one, we're all striving towards the same goal: mm -hmm. the development of people and also giving back uh, to our community. 
right? And in order to do that, one of the, and I'm just going off, I'm sorry, but in, in order to do that, the fundamentals behind uh, the growth is to focus on the inputs a lot more than the outputs. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And the inputs being your people, the people that are in your care, the people that walk in every single day into the dealership and punch their card and are literally waiting for guidance and are literally waiting um, for assistance. Yep. Um, so for the longest time, however, you know, we were really, really solely focused on the results. And that's not a bad thing. Don't get me wrong. Because when you focus on the results, it's momentary. Yep. You know, I, I, I believe, I'm, I'm of the opinion that I believe that to truly make a consistent impact, a consistent impact, you got to focus at the systems level. Mm-hmm. Right at the systems level is where, you know, there's a broad spectrum of people that come together and form that system. Yes. So today I've incorporated that into my business. And when, when it's so, well, it's not funny. I was going to say it's funny. It's not funny. But, you know, when people uh, call me, it's not because things are going well. Right. It's either, you know, the building's on fire, the BDC's broken, or, you know, they, they've outsourced it, brought it in, or they have it in house and want to outsource it. And I'm mm-hmm. not against any, by the way. I want to make that abundantly clear on your show. I am not, a, there's a broad spectrum of different BDCs. There's VBDCs, there's in house, uh, outsourced, uh, remote, and they yep. can all work mm-hmm. depending on the level of involvement that ownership wants to have. Yes, got it. So they could all work. But again, if you're not behind it, because ultimately BDCs fail for many reasons, but the four reasons that I've seen that I could put together in the last 20 years, ultimately BDCs fail for four main reasons. And the first one is when ownership is not behind it. Yep. And this is in order. Like if if ownership is not behind it, whether it's outsourced or in-house, when ownership is not behind it, it's it's absolutely going to fail because a BDC can't just exist. It starts um, at the top down. 100%. Um, the second, uh, one of the second reasons is when there's friction between departments. You know, yep. the salespeople are not putting in notes so that when we call to do the unsold, the BDC is working in the blind. The BDC also doesn't put notes. So when they show up, the salesperson are like, ah, it's a BDC appointment. It's no good. So when there's frictions be, be, between the departments, um, it is bound to may- not, maybe not necessarily fail, um, but it's not going to run as smoothly as it can. Um, the third reason for me is when it becomes something that it is not. Yes. Now I won't specifically name the dealership, but in my, uh, in the past, I was working for one of the largest volume dealers in Canada and, um, you know, typically speaking, um, the, the auto industry is interesting because it almost kind of seems like. Everything, everybody's on cruise control until the last week of the month. When the last week of the month, it's all this big panic to hit our numbers instead of like doing it incrementally every day. So I remember uh, I was managing a BDC. I think there was like 13 of us, 14 of us. And they would come in with like a 2000 name list and say, okay, call all these people. We're doing a private sale. Get everybody in. Just oh my, just, wow. just get them in. <laughs> Famous last words, right? Just right. get them in. So, but I'm like, okay, we can do that, but our people are not designed to no. do this kind of, you know, do I dare call it telemarketing? So um, all that to say when it becomes what it is not. And the last reason, because we have to take some accountability, I have seen it before. The last reason a BDC would fail uh, is when they're poorly managed. Absolutely. When we have the wrong BDC manager in place. Yep. Like, why was this person promoted? Why was this person put there? Is it just because they know somebody or they're, they're the cousin of or the sister of? 
Um, so Were typically- they the only person there? Well, that's what I was going to say too, is if we think about what happened right in the midst of COVID, it wasn't just a ship, the chip shortage. It was also the staffing shortage. And I think mm -hmm. that a lot of dealers grabbed whoever they could as they could pop them in that place and hope for the best. And mm -hmm. now we're on the other side of that. And we're starting to see a lot of stores and a lot of managers saying this isn't working. Yeah. Because they realize nobody. Mm -hmm. Well, this is precisely my point. So, um, and, and you don't have to take my word for it. I mean, it's, of course, these are my opinions and this is very subjective, but at the same time, you know, it's, it's, we're living in a subjective reality, whereas it's maybe not going as um, smoothly as the top really thinks it is. Because if it really did, and if you don't want to take my opinion or my word for it, which is fine, where are these people? Where where did they go? Where did these people go? Like before 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 the pandemic, like every like it was full, everybody was happy or semi happy. It didn't matter, but we we were operating. And now all of a sudden we have trouble like keeping people, mm -hmm. right? We have, we have trouble, um, 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 you know, harboring, you know, uh, careers and whatnot. So I really feel um, that moving forward, the future leaders and hopefully, you know, people like you and all these young and up and comers, and I'm sorry to say young, but I've aged myself. I'm at that age now where I could say it, but <laughs> all the up and comers and the, and the future leaders in our business, I'm, I'm, I'm very optimistic because there's a tremendous amount of, of, of emotional intelligence uh, mm -hmm. that, that are coming up with that. Obviously, you know, the, there's a lot of other business elements that, that has to be learned, but yeah. emotional intelligence is absolutely the first step. And it's basically the ability to, to recognize and to understand and manage our own emotions. Yeah. Right. And I think that's very rampant right now. It's going around. It's, it's, it's going really well. And, you know, it's about self-awareness uh self-management mm -hmm. motivation empathy and and social skills and and i'm seeing a lot of that so i'm very optimistic and maybe this is the reset that we needed yeah because it, it feeds into culture and i i will say that i've seen um you know one of the reasons that i would say that that we don't have the people that we did is because they're leaving the industry mm -hmm. um i mean we recently um had it, it's funny we talked about it on our show last week with um adriana garcia um, creating a group specifically for, you know, um, women in the industry, no matter if they're a vendor, salesperson, in the dealership, wherever they are, um, to just connect and talk and, you know, um, have that collaboration. And we have groups like that for, you know, people who are in the dealership or women who are vendors or whatever, but, um, you know, they don't, there's, they've moved to such a negative connotation. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just a place to to this is going to be the first time I cuss on the show, but bitch and complain <laughs> about um, about how much they hate their jobs, how miserable it is there. And it's like, that's not that's not the message that we need being fed to these these right. not not the younger in age, but the younger and experienced people um, that that all of these people are tired of doing this and tired of being a part of this. They need the motivation. They need that Absolutely. uplifting and being shown you know, it's possible and this is how you do it. And this is how you be a light to others. You don't constantly shut other people down and show them uh, this, this sucks. We don't need to be in this industry because people are just going to keep shutting you down and you're just stuck in the system with a man or no, that's not what this is. Well, well listen, if, if you say that and, 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 and listen, I, I was raised by my mom. So, um, <laughs> uh -oh. I have the woman perspective. So, so I, I just don't see, you know, I don't see gender. 
Uh, I mean, look at people like Wendy Reeves, look at people like Sarah Vantine, look at people like Sarah Hoagley, uh, you know, and, and there's a whole bunch of others that I'm forgetting. I'm so sorry, but, you know, like Tiffany Erica Wells and mm -hmm. and, 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 and Stephanie Wedge, Wedgeworth. These are these are phoenixes. These are titans. I think Mabel uh, actually just chimed in before. Yeah, Mabel's here. Mabel, fire, man! Like, oh my god! So, so I really fundamentally believe that you know I don't necessarily believe in motivation, right? And and let me let me let me explain. So hypothetically, you're gonna call somebody in. You're gonna hoorah hoorah. We're gonna rally up the troops. Unicorns and rainbows. Somebody comes in. We rally up the troops for two or three days, four days. But then what happens when that person leaves? Goes back to normal. Mm -hmm. Well, back to normal. Maybe you might get one or two percent that you know have have stuck to it. But typically speaking, you know, Homo sapien reverts back to uh, what what they'd always do, right? Um, they love routine. So. Instead of that, I think what we need to do, and I, I, I believe this because this is what I do in my practice, is you really have to go and get somebody's why. Mm -hmm. You really have to dig down into your people and dig into what makes them tick. What are their triggers? Why do they come in in the morning? Because making money is not why people come in. Making money is a result, mm -hmm. right? So I really feel... Um, that to 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 really get the right people in the right place, mm -hmm. the first thing that we need to start that will completely fix this. Well, I don't want to say fix, but we'll make it better and, and improve it is our onboarding process, the hiring process. Yeah. You know, you, you just said it before, like we're really quick to just take anybody and just f put butts in buckets, as they say. Yeah. Right. Well, you get what you repeat. Exactly. Right. So if and, and there was a study done, um, I, know, I think it was by Cox Automotive. I read this last year, but it's, it's similar here too. like there is literally um, the national the U.S. national uh, turnover rate is 20 percent national turnover rate. Just it, basic in general, 20 percent. When you're looking at the automotive space, it catapults to 46 percent, 46 percent, 46 percent. This is a study. Wow. And it's no different than here in Canada. It's the same thing. You know, I used to hear this all the time when I worked under the rooftop. I used to hear this with the door closed. Again, not to mention any names, but I almost threw up. It's like hire to fire. Like, hey, let's just hire these people. Take them out, you know, get the best out of them, get everything that we can, and then we'll, we'll just move on, right? So this kind of, you know, draconian, uh, tyrannical system uh, that we've been under, I'm just, it needs to change. And I really, really feel uh, that it that it is changing. It, it really is changing. And I think that it shouldn't be based on motivation, but we need to um, create and be able to clearly articulate uh, a career path uh, for people as of day one. Absolutely. Right? So for anybody listening in the BDC world, of course, because that's my lane. Um, so I'm talking about BDC. Um, but what I've seen 100% is to get the right BDC person. And again, uh, take this with a grain of salt, but I've seen it time and time again, right? Um, the correct kind of BDC uh, structure with regards to team leader or, hey, we're looking for a manager. What kind of person are we looking for? So you can kind of put them into one of these cylinders. So zero to three years, you're typically a BDC agent. Mm -hmm. You know, you're kind of learning what op codes mean at service or at sales. You're learning cadences or what have you. You're kind of learning the business. So zero to three years. From three to five years, you could consider that a team leader. Now, from three to five years, the team leader is kind of helping out um, with, with, with some reports, maybe. 
um, doing a little bit of coaching. I'm just learning uh, just a little bit more. It's like a BDC agent on steroids, just a little bit more. So zero to three, an agent, three to five, a team leader, five to eight. You're now talking about a BDC manager. And that eight plus is a BDC director. And your BDC director really has a holistic um, understanding of the business, mm-hmm. right? Because at its core, at its core, the BDC, the core purpose of a BDC is to provide a consistent flow of service and sales traffic to the dealership. It should do four things. It should allow for a consistent customer communication. Mm -hmm. It should improve customer communication. Mm -hmm. It should improve CSI and ultimately drive retention. Nowhere in there that you hear the word sales. Mm -hmm. Once again, I'm gonna come back to the word, sales will be a byproduct of how well these four elements are, are executed. Yep, absolutely. So when you're looking at it like that, then we pull in the pay plan, you know? And, and historically, not to get too far into this, but historically, you know, the BDCs have all been set up as silos. Uh, they've all been, they're missing a definition. We don't really know what it is. So we just have a bunch of people. How do we pay them? I don't know. Let's just, you know, copy and paste what we have on the sales floor. So there's a lot of times that you'll go into a BDC and they're what I call atomic numbers. You know what I mean? Like, hey, we'll give them 40 bucks for every time someone shows up and we'll give them another 10 every time a car sales. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I'm, you know, humans are governed, like I said before, by routine. They'll work their pay plans. If you're going to give, give me 40 bucks every time someone shows, hey, guess what? I'm working that $40, yep. right? So, okay, come in. Okay, come in. Okay, come in without properly qualifying. You know, without properly asking them, like, what is your current state? What's your desired state? Do you have to buy this vehicle today? Et cetera, et cetera. There's a list of qualifying questions that we should ask that you don't get from a script. Because oftentimes, even today, I just bought a motorcycle a couple of weeks ago. You know, when I called in, awesome BDC. They did a really good job. However, you know, on that first, first attempt, and I think who, I think Mabel had made, had made no, it wasn't Mabel. It was... Um, I was watching something this morning and the girl was just absolute fire. She was saying something with the rockhead crew. Anyway, she was saying like, you got to establish relationships with people. It's a relationship mm-hmm. business. Yeah. You have to establish relationship. So on that first email that they sent me, it was right away. Hey, do you want to come in and do a test drive? Hey, like, no, no, no. I want to have more information about this first. Right. So that's what I mean by that consistent communication or improve the communication. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So uh, there, there, there's there's phases of construction to this for sure. So so while we're on the um, topic of communication, a couple of weeks ago we had Jared Kilway with Connect on. Jared is awesome. I love Jared. He is Jared awesome. Awesome. Yeah, Jared is awesome. And we heard a ton about his take on AI and what Connect can Connect can do can do. But I know that you have a little bit of a different take, and I am curious what your thoughts are on AI. You know, it's 2023. It's 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 here. It's now. Um, what are your thoughts on AI? Um, I'm still on the fence. I'm still on the fence. I will be fair. Um, Peter Smith, who is actually watching, uh, we have a pretty crazy story. Uh, when we were actually at the NADA in Texas, uh, it was a little red robot. Anyway, he knows what I mean. That was absolutely legendary discussion between myself and, and an AI institution. Um, yeah, we, we had quite a following. It was kind of like high school, you know, when there was a fight and everybody would make a circle, except we weren't fighting, we weren't fighting, but it, it, it got, it was like one of the after parties and I don't want to say it got heated, but mm, I just didn't like the stance. So with regards to AI, 
I'm not against AI. If properly used, mm-hmm. I am for AI if it's going to enhance the employee experience, not use AI to replace employees. Absolutely. Um, this particular person um, was really, really trying to sell. Well, hey, listen, you know, uh, with AI, um, you, you, you could, you know, their, their, their sales message was, hey, replace three people by using this AI thing. So they made it about finances. They made it about, but it's a relationship business. It's a relationship business, right? Um, so AI is super good, it could, but it's a tool. Just like Robin said, it's absolutely a tool. And the thing with AI is this. Currently, just currently, I'm just deeply disturbed. How can I say this? By the, how can I say Double this? Back. Yeah, I'm just deeply disturbed by the colonization of artificial intelligence. Yes, same. And, 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 and my disturb, how can I say? My disruption comes from the fact that, you know, in our culture, I'm just fearful at the moment that AI is going to create massive amounts of disinformation. Yes, absolutely. Um, as people gravitate towards this new artificial reality, right? Like, so take, for example, the big buzzword right now is ChatGPT. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm not against ChatGPT, but using ChatGPT to create, I don't know, let's just call it, I don't know, a BDC script. I'm against scripts too, but that's a whole other thing. Let's just say, hey, create me a BDC script to, now it actually does, impressive work it's kind of cool mm-hmm. but there's the there's the human element behind it that's missing behind it d- d- you know there's there's an entire empathetic side that's missing behind the ai so i'm not against it i'm just not for it at this moment it just needs to be um I'm developed a little bit more however the instances right now that i would recommend to, to any dealer group or to anybody that asks me is to use ai to replace binary activities that the BDC is doing, right? If you want to use AI to, 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 to scrub the data in the CRM and look for trends or what's our trajectory or to, to give me information faster so that I can put it into my team and I can manage the data and coach the people, great. But to use AI on the front lines, mm-hmm. I, I personally am not there yet. But again, I'm not against it. So it's the idea, I guess, is just to kind of find that that middle section with regards to AI. Yeah, and it's um, I think that I'm 100% on the same page as you as I see a lot of people gravitating towards it's going to save me money because I can replace my BDC with it or um, I can replace agents with it or, you know, those types of things. And that's not what the purpose of it is. And that's not what its best use is and it never will it will never replace a human in that sense um sure it can send some texts and emails um it may even schedule you an appointment but at the end of the day it's not a human being and i can tell you when you when you call my perfect example okay so this is um this is leftover from um yes yesterday day before um it's sharpie so i couldn't get it off you can see i've tried scrubbing it off um this says walgreens um because if i don't literally write it on my hand i will forget every time and i've made facebook posts about this so if you guys have been friends with me on facebook you've seen that i've done this for months um it's the only way i remember to get my prescriptions but when you call um to walgreens or something where you have to get a bot first where you have to get an automated voice and you have to click a number to get a human 
How fast are you trying to get to that number to get to that human? Pharmacy, 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 human. Give me a human. So you know automatically when you're speaking to somebody who's not real. Yep. So when you're yeah, on you can phone, feel it. You, know. you can absolutely feel yeah. it. So why would that be any differently when you're over text or email? When you're calling to make your credit card payment over the phone, which we all probably do it over an app now, but um, you know, if you're doing something like that over the phone, how quickly are you trying to get to customer service, customer service, customer service? So knowing that we're all that way, what makes people think that we're not going to be that same way over text and email, that we won't be able to feel that out? Yes, I've seen some of these in action and they're pretty realistic, yes, but you can always tell. There, there's a point though. There's a point where it drops off, where it doesn't answer your question perfectly, mm -hmm. or a, there's a point in there where you'll ask something and it won't mm -hmm. be able to respond to you. You know, and 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 I, I totally agree with you. But first of all, Adam Adam Arins, uh, I don't know him, but shout out. I mean, the, the AI should be should make your people more efficient. On absolutely, absolutely. Let, let's start there. Why don't we start there? So. Again, out of fairness to all the AI uh, companies out there, they're doing great work. They really are. They really are. However, um, such is what you're saying. It, it's up to us, the people that, that are buying this stuff. The responsibility mm -hmm. is on us. The responsibility is not on the people that, that are putting in all that hard work and that, that went to AI school and programming school and all these things. Shout out to them because they're absolutely amazing, right? Yeah. Um, um, so, so, so it's not they're doing the good work and they're setting the stage because right now it's like that little gold rush for AI. It's kind of mm -hmm. like back in the dot-com days, right? This is the new dot-com. This is the yep. AI craze. Mm -hmm. Everybody's rushing. Everybody wants the latest and greatest. Everybody's jumping on this bandwagon. So, so, so it is absolutely here. It is here, right? So now that it is here, the idea, and it's not going anywhere. So the idea is to not ne necessarily have, um, there's always going to be a tension of change. There will always be a tension of change. So the idea now is for, um, I'll come back right back to it, systems, systems, right? Um, moving forward, I, th I fundamentally believe that moving forward, which is why I do what I do, the, my body of work. I mean, they say that leaders create other leaders, and that's essentially what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to do that, right? So managers do great things. And leaders do the right things. Absolutely. Right. So I think moving forward, we need to adopt a much more, we need to go from a much more vertical decision-making process to a much more horizontal decision-making process. Now, it's not to say to remove, obviously, the responsibility of, of, of certain business decisions because ultimately, you know, our names are not on the building. I couldn't even I couldn't even imagine what the cost of running a dealership would be. Right. And my hats off to all the owners and and anybody that that has a dealership. Like holy smokes! Like I'm doing my best to help you guys out. Right. Um. But at the end of the day, we need to get more people at the table. We need more ideas at the table, and the best people to do that are the people in the front line. Yes. The people answering the phone, the people talking to like, um, quick story. So I was just helping a dealer group, uh, in, in, in Savannah, Georgia, and I was staying at the Marriott. Like I'm a Bonvoy member who I got my card and all that stuff. Yay for me. Right. Um, um, shout out to Marriott. Um, so I was staying and, and I came across this person and come to think of it, I'm actually going to post about her tomorrow. She had a profound impact on me. Her name was Shannon. And Shannon, um, I was drawn into Shannon because after I finished my workout in the morning, it's like 4 a.m. 
So get back up there. It's like 4.45. And coming out of the gym to go into the elevator, go back to my room, take a shower. I just hear this amazing gospel singing and humming. And it's 4.30 in the morning, 4.45 in the morning. So I was just like, it just, I just felt a sudden sense of joy. So I turned around and started walking. I gravitated um, um, towards this beautiful energy. And she was there and we just started talking. And she was just the most interesting person. So she's been there now for 12 years. Wow. And she works part-time. And I was mentioning a few things, not to get her in trouble if, if, if Marriott executives are watching, but she's fantastic. Oh my God, she was so amazing. And she was literally, she almost had a checklist of things that she was like, oh, I wish they would listen because I would recommend this. Or I would say, hey, did you realize that downstairs I saw this? Or, you know, at, at, at the Continental Breakfast, I saw this. And she was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I told him like five times, but no one's listening. Right? Oh. So, so I think it's about skin at the table. Only those, yeah. mm-hmm. only those with skin in the game, I should say, excuse me, only those with skin in the game should really have a say at the table. And by going from a vertical decision-making process to a much more horizontal uh, decision-making process, you're actually inviting and opening yeah. up the door to, to, to everybody and all departments. Yeah. Right? And it's the people on the front lines that are, that are really best positioned um, to at least give some advice. Absolutely. And they'll fight harder. They will. For what they know or, or what they've helped get implemented. Mm-hmm. Correct. I mean, Correct. if, if, you know, if she had suggested that change on the, on the com- continent, I'm so stuttering over my words. If she had suggested that change over the continental breakfast and saw it get implemented, you know, she would, you know, she would be making sure whatever that was made sure it stayed implemented or Absolutely. made sure that it stayed clean or stayed in place and nobody broke it. Nobody messed with it. And because of inclusion, that's her baby because of inclusion. So right. So now all of a sudden we just got this amazing feedback from somebody that we're not paying quadruple the salary of, you know what I mean? Like everybody just wants to be heard as a human species. One of the greatest, well, one of the things that we want most is what we just want to be heard. Mm-hmm. We just want to have a voice. Like, like people are going to work every day. What do we have? We have increased, increased um, interest rates, um, soaring gas prices, soaring food prices. Yet people are still navigating to work, checking in. They have to more than ever. Right. Um, so they have an invested interest in wanting to make their ecosystem better. Yep. Because what I tell a lot of my clients is this. The interesting part of everything that we're going through. And I understand there's the chip shortage and you know, there's an employee shortage or what have you, but we still have to open the doors tomorrow. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So let's not cry over spilt milk. Let's look at our systems in place because one of the most interesting things is this, the growth that we seek currently resides in the areas being mismanaged. Yep. All right. So now once we have established what's being mismanaged, um, you want to look at the system and in a system, there's multiple touch points mm-hmm. and in those touch points, you know, you kind of have to break it down. So with the dealer groups that I work with, I do a lot of workflows, a lot of touch point workflows because illustrations, everybody understands illustrations. And I'm not saying nothing bad about this, uh, about people's comprehensive uh, cognitive understanding of things. But when you do a really, when you can really truly map out a flow and make people go, Oh my God, Right. Mm-hmm. So I basically have, um, let's just say, uh, at the service level, for each um, um, customer visit, each customer visit, 
multiplied by 12 to 15 appointments per advisor, multiplied by your number of advisors. For each customer visit, um, I've gotten down to, depending on your setup, but anywhere between 11 to 13 touch points. From the time that they call and interact and book that appointment throughout the entire process till they get their bill and the BDC calls back to do a follow-up, there's about 11 to 13 different touch points. Each touch point is governed by a different person and different metrics and different triggers and whatnot, right? Mm -hmm. So the interesting thing is we have everything that we need, everything that's in place. Um, But in order to get the results you never got, you got to do the things you've never done. That's true. Mm Mm-hmm. And in order to do the things you've never done, you got to become someone you've never been. Exactly. So I'm going to come back right back to your points to about roughly about 17 minutes ago, 18 minutes ago, when we said that there's a lot of, um, I mean, you said women, but there's a lot of men, people. Mm-hmm. Let's just agree on this. There's a lot of people that go to work and just complain and, oh, I'm not happy and I'm not this. Well, you know, if you're not part of the process, I mean, the dealership did its job. The dealership did its job. We hired you. We paid you. Uh, I say we like I have a dealership, but <laughs> <laughs> you were hired. You're getting paid. You have an environment. You have a computer. There's a database of people. Now, the rest is up to you to be creative. Like, what, what what do you bring into the table? Right? So before you complain, well, you know, maybe you should look in the mirror a little bit. I agree. I think that, um, you know, I, I had a conversation with an employee of ours uh, last week, I think, and she was she was talking to me about some concerns that she had, and I said... I said, you can sit here and you can keep telling me about all of the concerns that you have, or you can get up and you can go address it with the person that can do something about the concerns that you have. And you can have a conversation to prevent any of these things happening ever again. But if you don't have that conversation, you're not doing anything to help yourself. And I can't have that conversation for you. What you're telling me has to come from you to the other person. Otherwise, there's not going to be a solve here. And you're going to be miserable. So the choice is yours. Either you go do something about it and you use the voice that God gave you, or you sit back in your own pee pants and you hate your job for the rest of your life until you find something else. Yeah. Well, the the, the interesting thing I learned about life and, 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 and I got a lot more learning to do, believe me. But one of the most interesting things I learned about life is that, you know, life gives us the test first and the lesson after. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. So then it, it, it becomes about celebrating the small wins and, and yeah. only, only effective leadership can do that, right? Like there is, I was listening to a podcast um, with Ed Milet and uh, what's his guest name again? I forget. It was an absolutely fantastic one. Uh, John Kim. So mm-hmm. the Ed Milet show, John Kim, was a couple of months ago. And, and, and John Kim was, was basically saying something and I'm paraphrasing, you know, uh, there is no pot of gold at, at the end of the rainbow. Right. There, there, is, there is no pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. However, the gold nuggets are actually spread out through the rainbow. Yep. It's the journey. And, that, and that's up to leadership on a daily basis mm-hmm. to celebrate the wins. Yep, absolutely. Right? So by by managing your data, however, so it's about managing the data and coaching the people every single day. You got to show up. You have to yeah. show up. Mm-hmm. They're counting on you. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Sean, I had a question up here from Tyler, and I waited until towards the end um, to to ask the question from her. So, Tyler, I really hope that you're still listening. Um, but she asks, what, there we go, what advice for someone starting a BDC from scratch for a small buy here, pay here company would you give? You put me on the spot, but I got you. I know. I know. It's okay. 
So you're gonna want to you're gonna want to uh, you're gonna want to segment your BDC in three areas. The first area is people. The second area is process, and the third area is technology. People, process, technology. Now, once you have to really dial in each one of those segments. So, what kind of people are going to need? Um, um, what, 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 what is your job description? If it's just being started, what's your job description? As matter, am I allowed to to say some shit on here? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Tyler, DM me. I would love to help you. If, if she's still watching or he's still watching, Tyler, DM me. I would love to help you out. So the first thing is having a solid job description, right? Um, and then also what kind of people you're looking for? How many people are you going to be looking for, et cetera? So it's about really defining it. Define what your BDC is to do. Then after that, you want to plan it. Then after that, you want to action it. And then after that, you execute. See if I can tag her real quick and see if she's still here. Yeah. A lot easier said than done. Um, but those are the elements that I would do for sure. Split it up into three. What kind of people are you going to need? What kind of process and what kind of technology do you need to have in place um, to effectively carry out whatever it is that you need to do? That's is there another question? I don't know. I'm, I just tagged her to see if she's still watching. So we'll see. I know that there's a little bit of a lag in the comments. So we'll see. Well, the, train, the train doesn't stop. No. You can't come in and ask a question and leave. Yeah, yeah. She did ask it quite a bit earlier, though. I mean, but we were in the middle of, of our train, so we didn't we didn't stop. That's yeah. Adam says optimistic, hardworking, friendly people for sure. But oh, then yeah. now I ask the question: What happens when they're not optimistic? Mm. Where does that come from? It it's comes from you know, and it's like I was saying before. I get surgical, surgical, surgical. Really well known. Um, um, for my interviews, <laughs> they're like nothing that they've ever experienced. And I've been told this so many times. Um, but yeah, no, optimistic, hardworking, friendly people. But we also need to understand. And Adam, I absolutely agree with you. But what we also need to understand is that everybody is governed by different triggers. Everybody has a different why. Absolutely. So now the onus becomes on the development of the BDC manager. How much have we invested in that BDC manager? I call it reverse engineering, whereas, um, um, how can I even say this? Whereas we, we, we repurpose, you know, we redistribute um, the profits into training the BDC managers. As a matter of fact, the managers across the board with regards to um, seeking out and, and how do you inspire somebody? You know, I would rather inspire someone than motivate somebody. Motivation only lasts, you know, a couple of days at best because life happens. You're motivated at work. And then what? You go home and there's road rage and there's all of these distractions. And then all of a sudden you, you fall right back into a funk. Yeah. Right. Because it's not easy. You know, it, it, it's not an easy thing. Life, life in general is not easy. Everybody's having a hard time. You know, what I, what I find unfortunate is, you know, we've kind of become desensitized. Like, you know, what? Let, let me ask you guys. I'll put you on the spot. You put me on the spot. I'll put you on the spot. Right. So, Shasta, today, has anybody asked you how you're doing? Hey, how are you? I don't think so. No one? <laughs> well, then I feel so bad. But but just check this. Out. I'm, asking you. I'm asking you. How are you? I'm, I'm good. Are you really? Like, there's nothing bad going on in your life? There's nothing bad going on in life. You're, you're just good. You're awesome. 
I mean, I'm, I could definitely use some more employees, but other than that, I'm, I'm okay. Well, this is what I'm saying. So, so it's about you know when, when we become desensitized because when someone is like, "Hey, how are you?" We just have this mm-hmm. innate uh, response, like, "Hey, I'm good." Like, are you really good? Yeah. But I actually really give a shit, right? So I always start every one of my coaching. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I, I I always start and and I've been known for this. It's actually called tough love, and and all my students will tell you it's, they love it though. But I always always start every single one of of my coaching sessions all the time with the same question: and how are you? And you know what? They're not allowed to tell me that they're good. Hmm. They're they're allowed to celebrate a W or a golden nugget found throughout the rainbow. Hey, I'm good. If they do say I'm good, you have to tell me why. You have to be able to justify why. That's the only way that I'll accept it. Outside okay. of that, boom, coaching opportunity. Because it's all of your miss, it's all your fails, and it's all of the bad stuff that happens that are the coaching opportunities. Mm-hmm. How am I going to download and how am I going to develop somebody if their mind is not straight, if their mind is not in the present moment? You can't. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, where does anxiety come from? Mm-hmm. Anxiety comes from, from, from thinking about the future, trying to control the future. Mm-hmm. Stay here with me. Stay here with me. Exactly. What can we, we do today uh, that will change tomorrow? Well, and we talk about investing in our humans and as leaders, um, you you can't ever stop investing and how do you continue to invest if you don't actually know what's going on in their lives? And if all you're saying is, hey, how are you? And the response is, I'm good. If you don't question it, you don't know. How do you dig deeper? Yeah. How do you find out? Emotional intelligence. And emotional intelligence is is, is, is become a buzzword, but I've been reading books on emotional intelligence for the last three, four years. Why? For my own development. Mm-hmm. And the most interesting thing that I've learned about EI is... EI is very much about self-awareness before it's about other people. It's about you first. How do you make people feel? You know, when you ask somebody a question, are you truly invested in the answer? EI is really about studying people and beliefs and what makes people tick. Like, how am I going to take Shasta and how am I going to make you guys, how am I going to bring you to the next level? Mm-hmm. I mean, if I'm not passionate about doing something, like that's just a paycheck, right? So what I learned also about EI and when you're talking about self-awareness, it comes down to understanding that everybody, all of us, everybody and all of us, our minds gets inputs through sensing and intuition, through sensing and intuition. I'll give you a quick example. Have you ever walked, um, you know, down an alley after you're partying with the girls, you're going home, woo-hoo-hoo, couple of drinks in. <laughs> couple of drinks in, and you're walking down an alley. So kind of like, close your eyes, don't close your eyes, but kind of close your eyes and picture this. So you're walking down an alley, the alley is dark, um, there's nobody around, it's one of those alleys that takes you off the main, and then you look down because it's a shortcut to get to your vehicle. Let's just say it's parked a couple of blocks away. It's a quick walk. And then you start walking down the alleyway. And after four or five paces, you stop and you look up. And there's no signs of danger. There's no signs of danger. But however, you look up and you're like, this just doesn't feel good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Boom. We're getting inputs through sensing. It just doesn't feel good. It's a sense that we have. Well, Now, if that's predominantly how homo sapiens reacts... Well, why aren't we coaching our people on emotional intelligence? 
why are we always bringing in people? And don't get me wrong. I love results. I love performance coaches and all this stuff. And, and it's really important. But that's only a fraction of it. Why are we not teaching people about how to make people tick? That's big. Yeah. Well, it's everything. It's everything. Yeah. So when now when we're talking about it, because we mentioned it before, do you know that the the astronomical, you would know this, the astronomical cost that goes behind the onboarding and hiring process? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, that was a deep one. <laughs> Shout out to Kobe Joyner. Um, mm. Statistically, statistically, it costs $55,000 to simply onboard somebody in the first six months. It's, it's my time that I'm not being efficient and I have to train this person and we have to, whatever, their desk and we have to buy this and we have to invest in that. $55,000 per person, statistically. And that's yeah. just a training process, mm -hmm. right? So now, wouldn't you want uh, to focus on cost improvement? Mm -hmm. I mean, we're always looking for the next dollar and how we can, you know, how we can uh, achieve economies of scale. How do we do more with less? Well, you reinvest the profits into your people. And now you can now bring in an AI machine to enhance that person and mm -hmm. turn that person into a 1.5, a 1.8 person. Right. So I just think that the responsibility moving forward on the hiring process is really, 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 truly needs to be something that we need to focus on. Because if we haven't had our wake up call yet, <coughs> I mean, if people were truly, truly inspired and just jumping out of their beds in the morning, to come work for us, we wouldn't have an employee hiring process right mm -hmm. now, an employee hiring problem right now. Yeah. No. And it's it's weird because it, it goes in phases and, um, you know, it's. I would almost say we're we're oddly back to in our area COVID levels again, where you know you schedule a bunch of interviews and they'll show up or maybe won't show up, but then you hire them and then they'll make it. Maybe they won't make it, but then they don't stay. Like the retention, and it's like this isn't this isn't a hard job. You know, we have a phenomenal culture. Mm -hmm. um, it's one of the things that we you know super pride ourselves on. We keep it exciting. We keep it fun. Keep the energy high. Um, and people, I don't know if it's back to people don't want to work. What no, the no, no, no. I, don't, I, don't, I don't think it's people want to work. Okay, first, first things first. What what's real? Real what in reality? We have bills. We all have bills. Yeah. So you have to work. Okay, that's number yeah. one. What I am gonna say <coughs> is that in order for people to do business with us, we first have to make it sexy to work for us. So the first thing that I would recommend to absolutely anybody is look at your job description. Hmm. Is your job description conducive? Is it sexy? Do, do you really read your job description right now and you're like, oh, I want to work there? Probably not. Or is it like, hey, uh, looking for another person if you really want to have a career path and you really want to. Like, dude, talk to me. What kind of community projects are you involved in? Like, like what? What? Like, what's the career path? Am I doing training? Is there this? Like, we have to get them from day one, right? You have to seduce your audience from day one. And I would absolutely, and am I going to give out my contact information after this? Yeah, yes. I will do this for free. Please don't send me like 300 emails. <laughs> I will do this for free. I, because I want to give back to this beautiful industry that has given me so much. 
I am more than willing to just look at people's job descriptions that I currently have right now and make some recommendations. Ooh. BDC-based. BDC-based. <laughs> because I don't know everything and I don't pretend to know everything. Like I've done sales. I did sales, used car sales for like three, four months. I was okay at it, uh, but that that's not just just not my jam. So shout out to all the salespeople out there. I tip my hat to you because it is an absolutely hard um hard hard place to be in but with regards to bdc oh my god so i could tell you a quick story recently recently uh, working for a dealer group um here locally in canada and um they had a, a a job posting on indeed for for months for months like three or four or five months uh then they hire me we're doing some consulting i go and visit them etc and we start this this process of, of revamping their bdc but it actually has tentacles into their dealerships so now, as Adam said before, how do you go out and get optimistic people? Well, you need to make that felt in your job description, mm-hmm. right? Um, so I revamped their job description. And the first thing that you want to do, like I would have been prepared, sorry, because it's just, it's, it gets really thick. There's a science behind it. So mm-hmm. the first thing you want to do in your job description is tell the story of your dealer. Why would I come and work with you guys? You've got to make it sexy, like dealer, uh, 80 years, et cetera, et cetera. Tell your story first. Seduce me. What am I walking into, right? Um, so one of the things that I would actually recommend is a job description, and it really, really has to mirror um, the ecosystem because um, um, there's many of them, right? If, if you guys are all hunters and you want all hunters and you, you just want salespeople to knock them out, you can do that as well. But in an ecosystem that's conducive to growth, to incremental growth, revenue generating activities, and sustainable business practices, it requires a balance between hunters and farmers. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. So your job description is number one. And people want to feel um, I'm, I'm supported from day one. From day one, I have a surgical onboarding process the first five days. The first five days, you're given a sheet, day one that you show up at the dealer, at the BDC, here are five days, I get one, you get one, the new hire, and there's a checklist. So that you can actually see where in your development you are. Yes, I love that. And day one needs to be spent with the manager, needs to be spent with the manager. Because how many times have you guys seen it? I don't know if you've worked in a dealership, but I've worked in a dealership for, for decades before I started my business. How many times have we seen on day one, somebody comes in and one hour before the new person comes in, you know, the manager or the IT person is just setting up their desk. You know, there's still, you know, bagel seeds and the keyboard. And it's not even a new keyboard. You open a desk and it's, it's a chewable pen. And you're just like, good God, you know, there's a human being that's going to be here for the yeah. first time ever in, in one hour. Right. Um, so, so my previous, I don't know if I have any, previous BDC uh, agents watching this Montreal, but I was real surgical with this. I would stay up till 8, 9 p.m. sometimes just setting up the computers my de- myself, windexing everything, cleaning it all out. I've literally, literally built BDC's uh, departments, literally. I would move desks around, unplug, replug, put dividers. Yep. They were kind of wobbly, but I did what I could, right? So, so the onboarding process is really moving forward, going to take care of a lot of a lot of our issues that we're experiencing right now. Yeah. Well, and it's got to be smooth from the start so that they have that good thought process Mm -hmm. from the beginning. 100%. And smooth from the start means define the kind of person you're looking for. 
and put it inside. Your, 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 this is going to sound real bad, but your job description should scare away all the Abu Dhabi princes and all the, you know, the, these these amazing uh, uh, um, resumes that I've seen. Like, you know, like, you know, I'm a rocket scientist from the other side of the world. And well, how are you applying to a BDC job? Like, <laughs> dude, right. So, <laughs> so it's got to be surgical. It's got to be thought out. That's that's fair. I think that, um, you know, when we're looking at the different types of people that that end up in this job, it, you know, the same types of ones are always the elitists. Mm -hmm. Well, again, I'm going to go back to it. We're 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 a results based industry Mm -hmm. and that's okay. I get it. I get it. But we're also the victims of our own success. Right. Because if you're always just taking the hunters, like I said before, there should be hunters and farmers. If you're always just going after the hunters, 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 and then the farmers are not there to plant and cultivate and you just keep hunting, 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 well, you're going to run out of animals to kill eventually. Mm-hmm. And then what? No produce. Right. So it's again, comes down to leadership, comes down to setup. But again, not to harp on dealerships. It's a tough thing right now, especially nowadays. Um, I think that leaders and and because I speak to a, on a daily basis, I speak to ownership and, um, and I think that leaders right now are being governed. They're being governed by fear. They're being governed by the unknown. They're being so I tip my hat off to, to all ownership, um, all, all dealer principals. I tip my hat off to them, all the managers out there. It's a tough thing that you're doing right now. But again, go from a vertical to a horizontal decision-making process, the people on the front line, invite them in at the meetings, at least ask them what they think, get some ideas, and together, together, we will move forward. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think that's most important to, to find out what's, I don't want to say what's going wrong, but, um, you know, find, this, find the struggles they're having. I mean, I think of a store that we did um, boot camp with uh, a few months back, and we just kept hearing the same thing from them that, you know, our, our leads are a problem. Our leads are a problem. And I'm one that I try really, really hard um, to never let leads be an excuse. You know, unless there's no phone number, no email, no name, that's not a bad lead. You know, call it, text it, email it, do what you've got to do. Do your follow up. Work your hardest to get contact with that customer. You know, and if, we, if we've made contact, follow your steps build rapport with the customer absolutely, and see what we can do to help them. Yeah. Um, you know, and the, the consistent message just kept being, we have bad leads. Um, management, however, would not even entertain the conversation would not entertain it at all. Well, well, let me ask you a question because this is interesting. Let's have the discussion real quick. Um, again, not on anybody's side, but right now I have to be with management and ask, with a what maybe take the biggest one with a two to four percent conversion roughly speaking a two to two to four percent conversion on third-party leads i wouldn't want to entertain that conversation either dude i'm bringing in five six hundred leads and you guys are giving me a four percent conversion and you want to talk about bad leads you know what i mean so we we, that's the discussion i want to have right so the first thing that i would do is i would work with management of that department and the first thing that we got to do is mindset. Mm-hmm. Is it really a lead? I mean, could anything be, um, 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 how can I even say this, more patronizing to a human being that wants to spend money and we're calling them a lead? You know, why not look at these as opportunities? 
Right. Let's call them opportunities. It is a privilege. It is a privilege to get opportunities. Exactly. It is a privilege to work this. So anybody that has doesn't have a growth-oriented mindset, and when I say growth-oriented mindset, I don't mean the BDC agent that's thinking about buying the entire dealership for $40 million one year. That's not what I'm talking about. When we approach things with a growth-oriented mindset, and a growth-oriented mindset would be something in the areas of, you know, you want things to be your responsibility. You really, truly believe that you can fix it. And you're taking every day and your responsibilities, like you were just saying, Shasta, you know, you have a cadence or whatever it is that's in place. Are you truly, truly effectively following process? And if there's something along that process that you feel is not working, well, are you now going to report it to, to management, right? So, you know what, to their point, and I'm just probably the only time I'm going to say it, but it's not that I wouldn't want to have the conversation, but... I'm not going to have this conversation either. I mean, if we have 600 leads, talk to me when you get to like 10, 12% conversion, then we can have a talk. Yeah. Right. Cause what is a bad lead? You know what a bad lead is? A bad lead is you talking to me here right now while my internet response time is going up. And I don't mean you guys, but I just mean like if someone was complaining in front of me, like I given you 300 opportunities right now to make shit happen. Yeah. And, and you're sitting here giving me all the reasons why it can't be done. Mm-hmm. Mm. That one slipped through the cracks somehow in the interview process. Yeah. <laughs> well, see, and the 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 benefit that I have that a lot of, not a lot of, um, that 99.9% .9 of other BDCs don't, is that I can compare apples to oranges. Mm -hmm. I can compare um, a store in New York to a store in Florida. I can compare, um, you know, uh, this same lead source in, in this store, um, a Ford store here to a Ford store there. Um, and, and I have that benefit and can see them next to each other and even, you know, use two rock star agents against each other, or, you know, maybe this one has an average agent or, um, two really strong B players. And this one has an A and a C, or, you know, I can use all of those things where, you know, a regular in-house dealership or in-house BDC at a dealership may not have that ability. They just only have what's directly in their CRM. Um, and the crazy thing is, is I don't know that I've ever seen at one time such a dramatic difference in dealers asking me what's going on with um, with third parties and all at the same time. Um, and it's it's shocking that they're just now becoming aware of it. Like what's what's turning the tide that's just now got them looking like are people talking about this out there? Is this. What's got this topic of conversation coming up now? Because this isn't new. Correct. It's, it's the same stuff they've always done. They're not changing anything. Correct. Up. Correct. So what's 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 changed? For me, what's changed is that we just went through a global pandemic. Interest rates have skyrocketed. Food prices have skyrocketed. People are selling their cars. People are selling their house. There's chip shortages. The shit has hit the fan. <laughs> That's what's changed. Right. Never before in 50 years, 60 years in the automotive space, 70 years, whatever it is, it's never been like this. Mm -hmm. Right. So now what is done is that it has turned the tide. It has caused us to look at every single touch point within the under the rooftop. Yeah. The problem that you just said, Shasta, and I've been doing this and, and, and not saying anything bad, but I've been doing this longer than you guys. And it's still a problem today. 
This was a problem 20 years ago when I was the BDC agent on the phone. It's always been the same. And we'll call them the big three, the big five, third-party vendors. I don't want to say names because I don't want to be cynical, but we all know who they are. It's always been 3 or 4% conversion. And we've been throwing, what, 10, 20, 30K a month to get 3% conversion. Mm-hmm. Right? When we could have cultivated processes and systems from within the organization. Right? I remember a time when I would go absolutely toe-to-toe with my performance rep from one of the big third party. And every month, because I am one, I fundamentally believe in in, in in-house BDCs. I'm just like that. But shout out to you guys because I know you do a really good job. But for the people that can can actually do it, um, the reason why I like in-house is not that outsource is bad. Absolutely not. As I said before, I'm not against any type of BDC. There's a broad spectrum of different right. setups. It's whatever works for you. However, I don't like third-party data. I like first-party first data. Yeah. I like to be in control of it. Stephen Chesson is an absolute beast in the industry. I don't know if you guys know him, but he's talking about conversions is ground zero. And if you don't follow him on LinkedIn, you absolutely have to follow Stephen. This guy, salt of the earth, old-school BDC guy. Absolutely plethora of information. And when he says conversion is ground zero, it always has been ground zero. Yep. It's just that we've always uh, been, we've always had like a silver spoon. You know, we've looked at, you know, the the, the, the big conversions, uh, these people that we're paying 20, 30K a month for, they're bringing us, you know, two, three, 4% conversion. But at the performance, at the performance meeting, they're selling vanity. They were selling, they were selling views to which the sales managers, when I was there, I'm talking about myself, to which the sales manager would then now take the number of views, which is not even clicks, but the number of views, and then shit down our throats at the BDC because they're like, well, look how much traffic you got. That's not traffic, dude. That's views. What do you want me to do with that? I can't call a view. Yeah. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> Correct. I can't call a view, right? So, um, but moving forward, to be optimistic, um, as long as they're waking up, great. Now more than ever, the BDC has a spotlight. Uh, the BDC, it's time to shine. Now more than ever, my phone is ringing. I'm doing the great work. I have nine clients. I'm in like I'm I'm doing really well right now, and I really love what I do, and I love the space that I'm in. And mm-hmm. I think it's our opportunity now, whether outsourced, in-house, um, and and all the other types of BDCs. Now's our time to shine. And you know what? We can't screw up. Don't get it wrong. Yeah. Right. So if you need, and this is not a shameless plug, I'm being absolutely. Uh, honest with everybody unless you know how to do it yourselves and i'm not talking about you i'm talking about the viewership now more than ever is the time to reach out to bdc consultants now is and there's a broad yes. spectrum there's a broad spectrum of, not just me but if you want to go outsource talk to you guys talk shop it around but there's mm-hmm. a bunch of resources out there yeah, uh, uh, that could really help out and it's not just me but i'd be more than happy to help there, yeah there's definitely something um I was actually going to ask you about it. We were talking since about you, that before the show. Yeah, since you had said something about how you know you've you've gotten increasingly busy, there's been something the last couple of months. I don't I don't know what it is, um, but something is happening, and it seems like the industry needs more BDC consultants. Mm-hmm. Or you know, if if it is a staffing shortage, BDCs need help right now. Yep, um, and and we're I'm sure you're on the same same 
boat that we are, but we're trying to keep up as fast as we can um, with the demand that the industry needs. I'm sure all of us in this in this you know uh, BDC space that is you know vendor related um, is in that same space that you know we're here to help however we can. Um, if it's a phone call of you know how do you do this? How do you do that? We're all here for a phone call, and we're not going to charge you for a phone call. I can guarantee you right. that. I think right. I know Sean well enough to say that that he would answer a phone call and answer a question. Well, and I think uh, that go I ahead. Think, I was going to say I also think that I speak for everybody when I say, even if we hop on a phone call and we're not a fit for someone, yeah. or Sean's not a fit for someone, we know people that align with our values. We know people that we trust and that we have formed these relationships with to connect you to as well. One hundred percent. And I've done that. I mean, I've I've sent some stuff Wendy's way. I've mm -hmm. I've even mentioned Robin. I don't know if they've called, but I've absolutely mentioned you guys in your outfit. And this is what I'm saying. You know what I mean? Like I've mentioned Duran Cage's his name to people. I, like we need to move forward and we need to move forward together. Everybody has, you know, a, a different flavor. Right? Yeah. And and a and couple of resources here for, for anybody listening. If they're in, one of the things for leadership, um, one of the people I would strongly recommend to follow. And, and I saw this um, TED Talks the other day. Just wonderful it was absolutely fantastic um what's her name again carla harris carla harris um i think she's like a, 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 on um on wall street or something like that just my, one of the smartest human beings i've ever talked and she had a ted talks and she referred to to two two elements within your organization um she and again um this is like um i'm paraphrasing so she mentioned two elements. One was performance uh, currency and the other one was relationship currency. Performance currency and relationship currency. And the two need to be kept in a good line of tension, right? Mm -hmm. So there's two types of currencies and whatever, whoever you talk to, whether it's you guys, whether it's us, you, you know, you want to make sure that the person that you're talking to is in line mm -hmm. uh, um, um, with the vision and, and of the company right at the end of the day. Very important. Absolutely. Did you say that was a TED Talk? It's a TED Talk. Her name is Carla Harris. Um, there's only one of them. It, it was absolute fire. If you want a couple of books, can I, can I shoot out some books? Because I love reading and stuff like that. Um, for anybody that wants a little boost in confidence to all my little BDC agents that are working so hard every day, um, I absolutely recommend the book by uh, Lisa Billier um she uh just absolute fire the book is called radical confidence uh lisa bilyeu absolute fire and uh, she has this just this massive crazy story to today she's a billionaire so she clearly did something right and she, yeah. used, to be, she used to be a stay-at-home stay-at-home wife not even stay-at-home mom stay-at-home wife and she wow. helped her she helped her husband create you know quest bars the protein bars yeah mm -hmm. Her husband created that with his friends, but they couldn't do it without her. And and she just, it's her story. And she's wow. a brilliant Oh, absolute fire. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, you get what you repeat. Yeah, absolutely. You get what you repeat. So to anybody out there that's kind of like not happy with where they are, um, not happy with the way things done, you get what you repeat. So if you're not happy about where you are, maybe it's time to, to change to change the narrative and and. In order to change a narrative, you got to sometimes change your circle. Not sometimes, like you have to change your circle, right? Or yeah. you get what you repeat, man. And and the same could be said for, for dealer groups. You get what you repeat. You know, if you're not happy with where the BDC is, well, maybe not change, but maybe it's time just to have the discussion. Yeah. Like you guys said the discussions are free, right? 
Sean, um, where can people reach you for more information or if they want to discuss things um, later on? Yeah. So if you want to get an idea of my methodology, uh, my website is bdcalchemy.com. That's bdcalchemy.com. Um, my, um, my email, the BDC alchemist at gmail.com. So the BDC alchemist at gmail.com. And, um, I live and breathe on LinkedIn. So if you send me a DM on LinkedIn, uh, you're, you're, you're surely, um, in line to, uh, to get my attention for sure. Perfect. Let's see if that's going to post. Oh, it's posting in all three. Oh. Nice. Okay, cool. Awesome. Sean, thank you so much for coming on today. It was such a pleasure having you on the show. We had so much fun with you. I have an idea. Okay, let's do it. I have an idea. So I may have to put it in the comments because it's kind of long, but I want you, if you'll do it, would you be willing to say our tagline that is the end of our podcast in French? Absolutely. Okay. Is it the one that I'm looking at now or are you going to put it up? No, I'll put it it in the comments. Okay, but you got to give me like 30 seconds to, to, I got to do the translation. (laughs) All my French people are going to kill me here, so I gotta, I gotta represent Canada well. You know, <laughs> is there a way that I can see the chats or something? Or? Hold on a second. Okay, you're going to put it up. Yeah, she'll put it up. On I'm screen. still typing right now. You, you just want me to say it in French? <laughs> yeah. Do I get brownie points or something like that? <laughs> so everybody's going to hear me talk French. Nice. I'll get you Shasta. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It'll be my pleasure. My mom's French anyway, so perfectly bilingual. Ah, I see. There we go. Okay. All right, there we go. In the world where you can be <clears throat> Oh no, it just disappeared. What? It disappeared for me. Oh, <laughs> no. Where did it go? Okay, come on. <laughs> Don't <mind> me. <laughs> in a world where you can be anything be kind because you never know who oh it, it keeps disappearing put it on that thing at the bottom of the page okay okay comment or something see bdc there's always a way we figure it out there we go there we go oh, there we go in a world where you can be anything be kind because you never know what battle someone else may be facing so when you go out into the world this week remember to light it up oof all right, in a world where you can be in because you never know who. Dans un monde où vous pouvez accomplir n'importe quoi, soyez sage envers un et l'autre parce que vous savez jamais à les batailles que quelqu'un d'autre est en train de soumettre. Donc, quand vous exercez, so when you go into the world, uh, donc quand vous allez naviguer. Uh, dans le monde cette semaine, toujours t'en souvenir de soyez um, cordial un envers l'autre. Yay. Yay. I love that. Thank, Thank you, you so much. much. That was awesome. <laughs> Roughly translate. Will you put me on the spot? There we go. All right. I did put you on the spot. Now to wrap right. it up. In a world where you can be anything, be kind because you never know what battles someone else may be facing. So when you go out into the world this week, remember to light it up. We've been the Chicks in Charge, and I'm Jess. I'm Shasta. Thanks so much for watching this week, guys. We hope you tune in next week. Bye. Thanks for having me. Don't leave.